Hi, welcome to another episode of the St. Paul Filmcast. I'm Nick. Today we bring you another great episode. We have Josh Angaretti. He's uh, he's written, stars, and produced a movie called Beta Fish. It's not available yet. They're still um, working in post-production. But we want to get uh, people's attention and really uh, look forward to it because I think for me and I would say Dan also, it's one of our most anticipated films we're very much looking forward to. It's a pretty, very brightly shot neo-noir story that if you look the trailer up, it's on YouTube. We'll post a link on our, on our information. It looks fantastic, and I'm really excited to have Josh come on to talk about it. He also has a wonderful supporting cast and a great director for this feature film. Josh anticipates it probably around mm, a little bit of fall that you could be able to find this movie. It does have an Instagram account if you want to look up there. So without further ado, we'll have Josh talk about his upcoming film, Beta Fish, after these wonderful messages from these great podcasts. Hi everybody, this is Lisa and Sam from I Shake My Head. Hi friends of the podcast. We're just here to let you know that every Friday we drop a new hour podcast. And you know what? We want you to forget about your life, laugh at ours, and let our humor be the least stressful part of your day. And the best part of your day. There you go. Just like that. You can hear us on Podbean, iTunes, and pretty much any podcast app that you got going on. Don't forget to find us on Twitter and, and Instagram. Instagram. Check us out. It all starts with Frankenstein. Mary Shelley wrote Frankenstein, which uses the Promethean myth, which her husband Percy Bysshe Shelley wrote about. And they were both friends with Lord Byron, who kept a bear at Cambridge. It was the key shape of the Romantic movement, which Oscar Wilde would be at the tail end of when he wrote Dorian Gray. He was influenced by Yellow Book, which inspired the publication of a magazine called The Yellow Book, which specialised in lustful and violent tales, in which John Buchan was published, according to Betjeman, who wrote about Wilder Rats. And Buchan wrote The 39 Steps, which later became a Hitchcock film, before he made Psycho, which was based on a gene who made corpses into ornaments, unlike Victor Frankenstein, who made a man by grave digging and stitching corpses together. You done? Not even slightly. The Frankenpod. It's a podcast stitched together from the corpses of mystery, noir, gothic literature and cinema. Subscribe to us on your podcast app. You ready? Yes, sir. All right. We are back on the St. Paul Filmcast, and today I have Josh Ungretti. Is that how you say it? Close. Uh, Ungretti. Okay. Good enough. Well, as somebody as myself that has a struggling, complicated last name, I understand. So it's Josh Ungretti, right? Yes, sir. Okay. Um, you have probably the mo- what I anticipate is I have the most anticipation for this movie. It's called Beta Fish. Um, you're written and star in it, um, and people can find it. Um, what and you, produced and produced and produced, of course, produced. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, if you want, just give everybody the synopsis of your the story before we they pause and look it up. Yeah, for sure. So um, I wrote Beta Fish two years ago, um, and basically, it's a crime story that has a lot of genres. A lot of people end up asking, like, what kind of genre is it? And I, I, I like movies that generally aren't, like, one genre film locked in film. So it's kind of a gangster film, film noir. Yeah. 
film noir, also um, even kind of a family movie with a lot of dark humor. Um, it centrals on two main characters, um, Alex and Danny. And then Danny is a very, um, he's a mischievous gambler. He's also a prodigy, but he's also very self-centered and arrogant and full of himself and very mischievous. And then Alex is a lesbian, or I should say a lipstick lesbian mob boss who, sure. um, well, Danny owes her a lot of money. And then as soon as he gets out of jail, he's got to pay up a large amount of debt to her because he protected him while he was in prison. And then it puts him on a collision course to really find ways to make the money and go back to his old mischievous criminal ways while also kind of settling some old scores and uh, making uh, new partners, if you will. Uh, And then we shot it in St. Paul in Minneapolis. And then that's really the main plot, if you will, but there's a lot of subplots as well. So, um, Obviously, we can find your film uh, on Indiegogo.com if anybody's interested to look it up. And you have a trailer on YouTube, and everybody can get what the feel of the movie is already, right? Yes. Um, And then that trailer we shot in September. Uh, We shot a few scenes just so people saw what you would call, I suppose, production value and the commitment towards the art and the production. And then we used that and chopped it up into a trailer to help raise capital through Indiegogo to shoot the film. And then we just wrapped shooting about three weeks ago for principal photography. And then we'll come up with a much, much better trailer. Um, That's the actual trailer, if you will. Okay. I want to say the first one is very enticing. It's very well crafted and edited. Yeah, that's uh, the problem was, too, is that when people saw that trailer they thought the movie was already done it's like no this is just something we filmed to uh illustrate to an audience um that we're trying to make a film and we need your donation to make it an actual film so it it was so good people were like i thought you already made it like no so it's confusing but i guess it's a good kind of thing at the same time so what did what did we um what when's kind of the guideline when you anticipate the probably the release of it that's a good question. So right now we're in the sound mixing, editing, et cetera. Uh, I have to do color correction. Um, I have to go to the studio and do narration. So really, I would say the fall is um, when we're looking to do a release and then enter the film into various film festivals around the country. Okay, great. Great. Is that uh, obviously writing? How long? How long would it take you to write it, do you think? Um, I started in March of 16, and I probably had the somewhat final draft by February of uh, 17. So it took pretty much a year. And then I sent it to the Twin Cities Film Fest uh, because they do um, events outside of the main festival called Insider Series. Right, yep. yep. So the... Uh, forces that be at the festival if you will really like the script so they hosted a public reading where people could come eat and drink and listen to people read the script we didn't necessarily act it out fully but we did and then it was kind of also a test run to see if this film really will have an audience and everyone definitely had a lot to say about it a lot of it um people liked and people were really interested in seeing it come to fruition so and that was in May of 17. We did the public reading. 
And then in the fall of that year, we did the Indiegogo campaign. And then we waited till the summer to shoot it because there's more daylight. It's better light, but also right, yeah. it allowed more people to be flexible with their work schedules as well. Uh, I'm sure when the public reading was a little bit uh, nerve wracking for you, but every it seems like it turned out actually pretty surprising good, right? Yeah, and I've been to multiple Insider Series with the Twin Cities Film Fest of public readings, and nothing is worse than when you're done doing a reading, <laughs> right, and yeah. the um, mediator, if you will, will be like, so does anyone have any questions? And no one really has any questions. They just want to go. Um, but as soon as uh, we opened up the room for questions... Once the reading was done, everyone had their hand up. And everyone's like, well, it reminded me of this and that. And it's kind of like Quentin Tarantino. And it was really, I think the reading was almost less time than the actual Q&A was. So it was pretty fun. <laughs> Wonderful. Hey, uh, with writing, are you comfortable writing dialogue? Or is that kind of a struggle for you? Um, I think I'm really good at writing dialogue in a story of structure that's compelling. It's just being able to sit down for a few hours and actually do it. Yeah. It's not easy. I mean, I hit writer's block a few times where I just had nothing. And then there's a few quotes from famous writers that I really like. One's by Ernest Hemingway. He's like, when you write, you just have to sit there and bleed. And that's kind of what it is. You just have to motivate yourself and get it done. And then there's another writer named, uh, Charles, uh, if I, can't pronounce it right, Bukowski. Oh, yes, Charles Bukowski. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, and he was like, if it doesn't come to you, then don't do it. Like, if you don't feel it and the magic's not there, then don't do it. You only do it when you can do it. And I like both because I feel with Ernest, like, you really have to sit there and just spill your guts and get it done. But at the same time, it's like, it's really not worth it if you're just going to go back and rewrite it or hate it. Yeah. So that's why I agree with both. So it's a it's a fine line you have to walk. Um, but I enjoy writing. I think my strength is just writing very intriguing characters. Um, it's probably my strength. So you, I definitely with, with when you see the trailer, you have very compelling characters that are just even little snippets. You get a flavor of what they're kind of be, and that's very hard to do. And I really like that. Yeah, I think, and I think that the strength comes from just being overall a, my main gig, if you will, is just acting. So when you act, you want to do parts that are really fun and juicy. So then I just wanted to write kind of an ensemble cast where each character was very unique and had some very interesting things to say and how they view the world really. So did you do an outline or you just went at it? Um, I, it, the story kind of hit me. So the first, time i sat down writing i got 45 pages done in like three hours oh my gosh oh my god yeah and then yeah and then the the other 45 50 took like seven months to write so it's really weird um how it all happened um but yeah so it was it's enjoyable process and painful at the same time (laughs) i understand i understand did you always when you're writing it, did you always think that you're going to probably be in it? Yeah, because I was just, I was going on auditions for, like, commercials, and they just were not fun. Like, I didn't get into acting to do, you know, 
kidnap commercials. Sure, yeah. And, you know, look like an idiot. Like, I wanted to act an independent film, but make just really good movies and just do good acting. So I wrote one of the parts for myself. I'm not that selfish where I'm not going to just make it all about me. That's why I really focused on having an ensemble cast and overall really um, interesting subplots to the main plot, too. Uh, you definitely, you didn't, you starred in it, but you didn't direct it. Who'd you get to direct this movie? Right. So, um, one of my, uh, acting teachers and mentors, who's also a big help in kind of molding the film and characters was Bill Cooper. And then after we, um, finished the Indiegogo campaign, which took about 60 days, okay. uh, we finished in December of 17, um, one of the cinematographer um, and a good friend of mine, Judd Nichols, agreed to do it. He's like, you know, we should really try to get Bill Cooper to do it. I'm like, I don't know. He's busy and I don't know his schedule, but I, he does like the script and he's kind of been there from the beginning. So I just kind of offered him the job and he completely agreed and he was a huge help in getting it done because we, we only shot for two weeks. I mean, you're shooting a feature film in two weeks is really unheard of for now, considering the budget was ten grand to shoot a feature film. But the other thing, too, is, is that I think it is something that you'll start seeing more. It's just with technology um, and the motivation of independent artists. It's like you don't need a million dollars in 60 days to make the film. So but without his help, we never would have been able to finish it in the time we did so so you probably before you started shooting you had a very sound structure of shooting schedule that that too yeah um brianna rose lee was all involved in that she was a huge help in getting it done and coordinating that uh in addition the script is very minimalist it's very character driven like there's no um gunfights or car chases um I don't want to say it's not a spectacle, but it's a character-driven spectacle where, you know, there's not a Batmobile or explosions right. or skydiving. So I tailored the script to be shot on an extremely low budget, but also in a very small amount of time because I knew getting people to do it um, would be difficult. So you really have to be um, sympathetic to people's time and schedules because people got to pay bills. So, yeah, it was... That's all I got there. It was just a big help, but yeah. Did you guys scout locations before you started shooting? We did. So we, we had the public reading at the St. Paul Athletic Club. Okay. And then I had done a public reading there before for someone else's script. I just was an actor reading. And then I thought this building is extremely <laughs> beautiful. And the decor is, it's it's so hard to articulate. It's just so old but still very rich in a sense. And I really decided like I need to shoot something here. So we shot in the St. Paul athletic club and then, um, they were like, you should really check out the university club too. Okay. So we went up to the university club in St. Paul, which was the same thing. Just very Fitzgerald time era. It's like going back in time and we really wanted to shoot there, but they're not open as late as the St. Paul athletic club. So majority of the scenes are shot in the St. Paul Athletic Club, the whole climax takes place there. A lot of the B-roll that we're getting is of uh, St. Paul in itself. Um, and it's easier to shoot in St. Paul and in Minneapolis because it's kind of your backyard, so you know every kind of 
Right, yeah. Little yeah. <laughs> place and the lighting and time of day when it's best to shoot. Um, and then we used a house in Northeast that was um, my friend Tyler. He let us use his house for two days because we just wanted a very you know, standard, middle-class, kind of working-class, blue-collar home. So we definitely had the location down uh, weeks before we even shot. Uh, we shot at Atmosphere uh, Clothing Store in downtown Minneapolis. Okay, all right. And we also shot uh, at Repurpose, Repurpose Republic, which is a an antique shop uh, mid-century. So we had some really unique, different locations that um, we got for a very good price, so... Did you ever consider the idea of doing it in black and white, even though you even though? Um, it was mentioned like certain some scenes. If we did a flashback, would be black yeah. and white. But it's just that we wanted it to make it very neon and dark at the same time with bright lights and like harsh shadows. So the whole cinematography, if you will, is very dark and then bright and kind of a smoky feel. Because we definitely wanted to have an edge to it. Yeah, so I would. The, the, the I, colors are very. Uh, the juxtaposition of kind of a neon green and black is really what we went for. So. Yeah, I would notice right away with the color in the cinematography is very saturated. Yeah. yeah. Uh, thanks to Judd Nichols and Jacob Kelso. So. Do you guys use more than one camera, or just primarily one camera? We used a um, a Panasonic, I believe. Okay. With uh, we rented a lens. And the lens was very helpful. And that was Judd's camera. And then Kelso had another camera, and I can't remember if it was a Panasonic or Canon. And he had what they call a gimbal, which is like a handheld camera. And there's a scene that we filmed that's one take, and it's over six minutes long of one continuous shot. Okay. And we used his gimbal for that, and that was very helpful. Um, but I think those were the only two cameras we used to my knowledge. You know, uh, with the directing, did you, were you just care, would you give any such suggestions to Bill or you just was in his complete hands directing it? He was in full command and charge. I, I, voiced my, I mean, at least I, I, I tried to voice my opinion, but for the most part, he was always right. Um, I'll openly admit that. Thank you, Bill. Um, <laughs> sure. There was one scene that I really went out of my way to make sure we shot it a certain way, and we did it, and it turned out amazing. And other than that, though, is pretty much just tell me what you want me to do, and I'll do it. Um, with the with the editing process, uh, would that was that more that difficult for you, or were you a part of it? Well, we're still doing it, so okay. it's it, the editing process just is really time consuming. Yeah, it's fun and boring at the same time because you got to do sound mixing and color correction. So it's a very concentrated, tedious task, um, but it's one of the most important things to do in post production. So, so how long do you anticipate what editing will probably take? Um, it's going to take probably at least a month or so. It's just a long process. There's not much you can do because it just takes time. Um, with their short amount of schedule, I'm sure, I'm, am I guessing right, you didn't do a lot of many retakes? I sure hope not. We're still going over that now, so I can't 
Sure. I can I cannot confirm or deny that. <laughs> right. Okay. Mm. So uh, obviously you're in the movie, but there are some other actors and actresses in the movie as well. You have uh, who's playing Alex in this? Yeah. So Megan uh, McNamara is playing Alex. Um, when I came up with the character, I I didn't really have anyone in mind. I just knew we were gonna have a really gonna have to find an actress in town who's got some pretty good credentials, and then. Megan actually was a student of Bill's after I was. Okay, okay. And um, he's like, Josh, we got to have her. We had someone in the beginning, and it just didn't quite have the right feel. And then he's like, we need to have Megan, we need to have Megan. I was like, okay. So I met Megan for coffee, and I just went over, and she totally was into it. And then she took the character and went far more than I thought she needed to do, but it definitely worked. So she... Definitely picked up what I had and molded it and ran with it. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. Um, and then you have, um, who's the bartender? Oh, so the is Gil Asuncion, yeah. who also is a student of Bill's, plays uh, the jazz boss. That's his nickname. And then he is a um, jazz club owner. That's his front. But he moonlights at, as a uh, loan shark for criminals. So he's one of Danny's allies, if you will. And then he has a subplot where he's going through some relationship issues and trying not to be a criminal, but it's so easy for him. So you have to see the movie to see see more. <laughs> sure, right. Other than Megan, how else did you find the rest of your cast? Um, it was just through auditions or networking. Um, I met Mike Breeden, who plays my older brother, Arthur, at a reading. And then I met Ava Justin, who plays uh, Arthur's daughter, at a um, just like a networking mixer. Sure. Yeah. And then I think she was maybe ten at the time, and now she's twelve, so it's been a while. But she's probably the most heavily sought after actress in town, and she's got more street cred than I think anyone on the set did. So it's pretty <laughs> interesting. Yeah. So. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's right. Um, who did anybody do costume with you guys? Did you or did you just do it yourselves? That's a good question. So the budget was just so minimal, we didn't really have a budget to do it. So basically, it was just allowing the actors and actresses to do whatever you want, just see what you can bring to the table. So it actually worked out pretty well because Megan herself is a cosmetologist, so she's pretty on point when it comes to fashion. So I didn't need to worry about that. I had a pretty good idea of what I wanted for my character. And then Bill just kind of let the other, um, he mentioned like, this is what I have an idea for these characters. And everyone else was able to pretty much deliver and knock it out of the park for what they brought or bought or already had. Um, are, are you with sound? Are you doing it all by yourself or somebody helping you with the sound and editing, mixing and score? Yeah, so we hired Ben to do the sound and um, recording. He did a marvelous job. He was a one-man crew. So you would always forget. He was always quiet. So we were like, wait, where's Ben? How's the sound? He's like, it's good. We're good. I was like, oh, okay. So. <laughs> Is it kind of, that's kind of like a cliche, isn't The sound guy is always pretty quiet. Yeah, yeah, I guess. But he was very helpful. I met him through Judd, our cinematographer. So you should talk to Ben. He's pretty good. I've worked with him before. So he kind of gave me a good idea what Ben was about, and Ben certainly delivered. 
Um, after this movie, you have any ideas for another one you're going to write, or are you still kind of thinking about this one? Um, well, I wrote a sequel to this one like seven months ago, but I don't know if it will measure up, but we'll see. We'll see how this one does first before we kind of get into the sequel. And I don't know, I'm, the whole thing with Hollywood now is franchises and sequels and prequels and spinoffs. It's just yeah. for reboots. It kind of gets old after a while. So it's nice just to make a good film and let it be a good film. I know you've been uh, you've been an actor in other films. Where are some other movies that people can find you in? Um, this is actually my second feature film I've been in. I was cast in another feature film that was shot up in Duluth about three years ago called No Blood of Mine. But unfortunately, I think about thirty to twenty minutes were cut from the film, and with that. All my scenes ended up on the cutting floor. Oh, that, uh, well, that does happen to actors, doesn't it? Occasionally. Yep, yeah, so. But it's, did you, did you get some ideas about shooting movie from being on the, and on set from that one? Yeah, it definitely taught me on, okay, how to formulate and tailor a script to a quick schedule. Uh, definitely a schedule that has a skeleton crew. Um, I, I realized we were going to need a lot of takes. And that's the key is just letting your actors play and give them a lot of takes. So although my scenes were cut, it still was a massive learning experience. I don't, it definitely was helpful. I got a a funny little question for you. I know that the title is beta fish and in the trailer, you do have beta fish. Whose beta fishes are those? (laughs) So when we bought beta fish. Oh, you bought them. Okay. Yeah. So if the, um, Alex, if you will, has a big monologue about the beta fish. Ah. And then when you see it, it'll illustrate why the title of the film is Beta Fish for you. So you'll have to see it to get the gist. Did you ever own a beta fish? I did. The ones we bought for the film we kept and we still have. Oh, you still have them. Okay, all right. Yeah. <laughs> you just, you, you know you can't put them together, right? <laughs> yeah, we, well, the thing is, like, should we try to get a shot of them fighting together and we put them together and they didn't fight because I think they either were both females and or both a male oh. and a female and I don't know how to check the sex of a fish so <laughs> it's pretty anticlimactic so <laughs> um Josh I would have to say thanks for coming on and talk about your movie and you once it comes out you definitely have to come back and talk about it with us I'd be more than happy to um, thanks for coming on for your tight schedule and talking over the phone with us and um, definitely we'll definitely look out for your film it's called beta fish I'll give out all the uh, information uh, my information to say, to find it and everybody can find your the movie and everybody find you sounds good all right all right uh, thanks Josh and we'll definitely have to hear from you when the movie's released will do take care thank you